This is Hammond. And Jessica. And you're listening to the Friendly Atheist Podcast. Please go to patreon.com slash Friendly Atheist Podcast. If you like what you're listening to, give us all the stars and ratings and whatnot. Hi. Hi, how are you? I'm all right. Holidays, kind of, sort of. How are you, Jessica? I'm doing how really well. How are you, Thank Jessica? Thank you, Hammond. My, I'm officially done. My uh, office closes between Christmas and New Year's, so I am off for like 10 days. Look at you. Which is very exciting. Um, Daddy just wants to be your friend. I don't know why you don't want to be her like friend. Daddy's like all up in my face. She loves you so much. It is not reciprocated. <laughs> um, well, I'm thinking about it because I'll probably forget <laughs> later. Um, I'm going to be in, in L.A. Uh, in early January. So if you want to come meet me, I'm going to be hanging out and getting a drink. I'm getting like the closer it gets, the more I'm like, who's going to come to this dumb thing? Um, <laughs> but I'm going to be at ETA, which is a bar in Highland Park at 6.30 p.m. I want to be very, somebody specified. Hey, Daddy, you don't so, actually need to do that. Um, <laughs> it is going to be in the p.m. It is a bar um, on January 8th, which is a Tuesday. And Hemant, tell them about the present I got you. Um, we now are the proud owners of new mic covers after like four years of the old ones. Yeah, they're just like little, they smell very nice. Yeah, they're, they're not screens. ripped apart. The first set has seen better days. I'm not gonna blame Dottie, but one of them does have a medium-sized hole ripped in it. It's hard to say how that yes. happened, but not all. It, they were. It's delightful to speak into these. I know they were. Do we sound better? Probably not. Are my plosives popping? <laughs> right. Okay. Do you want to talk about yes. what's going on in our home state? Ooh. Let's do this. Okay. Oh, Here's shit. the story. Yeah. The Catholic Church, uh, okay, Pennsylvania, months ago, mm-hmm. grand jury released this report. It implicated hundreds of priests who were abused, incredibly accused of abusing children, mm-hmm. raping them, molesting them. Um, and it implicated like more than, I'm sorry, I mentioned more than like a thousand victims. Right. So since then, a bunch of attorneys general have been like, all right, well, in our state, we're also going to be investigating the Catholic Church. Mm-hmm. In response, a bunch of Catholic churches have been like, you know what? We're going to go ahead and be transparent and tell you who's been accused before you announce it because it's better coming from us, uh, right? Hey, For hey, the sake of the church saying like, look. Hey, Hammond, hey, Hammond, is it better? I mean, it shouldn't be. Like, the fact that you have to tell us all the people who have been accused of molesting kids, Uh that ought to be freaky. But in terms of the that end of the creepy, awful spectrum, it's a little better when you're the one admitting it rather than the attorneys general saying, here's what they did. Okay, so in Illinois, we have that situation. We have an attorney general who's like, I'm coming after the churches. Mm -hmm. Go her. Yeah. Um, by the way, Lisa Madigan uh, decided not to run again, mm-hmm. the attorney general. So she's about to end her fourth term in office as a Democrat. But her replacement, the guy who just won the election, is also a Democrat, uh-huh. Kwame Raul. He's going to pick up where she left off. Yeah. So good. We got the government hey, on this thing. Why, when I was canvassing, yeah. a lot of people talked about how much they hated Lisa Madigan. They Do hate her know? father because he runs Illinois government. Oh, I see. Like House Majority, sort of. Oh, so when they said, I hate Madigan, maybe they weren't talking about Lisa Madigan? Uh, l- less so her. She hasn't really been in the line of fire, but she's his daughter, so got whatever. It. She's been fine in terms of attorney general tapped into Illinois It's all good. But anyway, she said that she was prematurely because uh, they're still investigating. But right now they have a preliminary report Mm -hmm. on some of the investigation. And basically, let me tell you this, the Catholic Church has uh, six of, I think, the eight archdioceses in Illinois have been, quote unquote, transparent about the priests that have been accused. And they have publicly identified 185 members of the clergy who the church says has been have been credibly accused of doing something awful. Zoinks. Well, this week, Madigan's report came out and said two things. First of all, they said, you know, when we heard about the Pennsylvania thing, we set up a hotline uh-huh. saying, call us if you have been a victim sure. so that we can investigate your claims. Mm-hmm. And they took notes and they're still investigating. What she announced is that the list of alleged abusers, not credibly accused because they're still figuring out which ones are credible, Uh but the list of accused priests is 690. Not 185 that the church said were credibly accused. 500. 690. 500 more than the church mentioned. So all these headlines say like there were 500 plus priests who have not 
gone on that list publicly mm-hmm. that the church says, no, we got their names on our list too. And that's assuming that the 185 the church mentioned were already on the list. Otherwise, we're talking about more people. And again, you're, I mean, if the best case scenario for the Catholic Church is that this additional 505 people on the list, uh-huh. they're all not credibly accused or that maybe they're all dead, so the church decided not to include them on their list. Oh, I see. Maybe that's why. But, like, you're telling me all 505 of these people are not credibly accused and they're still living? You're like, we're assuming that a good faith response would have been the church wanted to include these people, but they had reasons not to. Not that they just either weren't aware of it or they never investigated these people. Mm -hmm. And who knows how many of the 690 are still working today in their parishes. Um, So, first of all, go Illinois government for, like, getting that out there. Because if that leads to more people leaving the church, Mm -hmm. good. And by the way, one of the things Madigan said in her report, which is... I'm glad she said it, is the preliminary stages of this investigation have already demonstrated that the Catholic Church cannot police itself. Europe. Totally right. I hope they follow through on this. I'm sure they will. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and look into all of these crimes and find out which of these people did what mm-hmm. and expose that, if nothing else, so people have that information, but also take action against any priests who are still working today uh, if that's the case. So Dottie's pissed <laughs> off about She's it. She's trying to bury a bone in the suitcase where we keep our recording equipment. Yeah, so I'm Dottie to totally f- ruined those mic covers. <laughs> it was only the one. <laughs> um, it, and it By the way, uh, like Cardinal Braze uh, Kupik, I forgot the pronunciation, who is the uh, Cardinal, uh, head of the Archdiocese of Chicago, um, basically said, no, we totally reported all the allegations to the civil authorities. We're hiding nothing. Mm. And the Diocese of Joliet said, we had no warning that our reporting was incomplete. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, here's what we don't know. Of the different archdioceses in Illinois, we don't know where these 690 are coming from. She right. didn't list the names. She just kind of said, this, this is the total number We don't know if they're coming from a part of the state, Mm -hmm. you know, which parts of the state they're coming from. We don't know which if if one archdiocese is worse than all the rest. We don't know that yet. So it's a damning thing for them, not for the church, for the church's list to be so different from the government's list is disturbing. Yeah, that's not great. Um, So as you were talking, I was trying to... um, trying to figure out how many total Catholic priests there are in Illinois, just so we could do like... <laughs> What's the percentage yeah. we're talking here? And first of all... While you were looking for that, I should point out that like one of the responses from like the Catholic League, which is Bill Donahue, um, the guy who kind of lives in a basement and just types out angry rants on behalf of the Catholic Church, even sure. though he's not a part of it, uh, officially some sort of leader in there. He's always like, well, I read a story this week about a public school teacher who did something wrong. Therefore, the schools are worse than the Catholic Church. Therefore, sure. stop being mad at the church. Yeah. It's like, first of all, th- the schools have a system to handle these things. <laughs> so I was looking up how many actual Catholic priests, priests there, are. Yeah. there are in Illinois. Do we have a number? The thing is, okay, first of all, their, S- their SEO is kind of fucked with this new um, <laughs> with this So new when you thing. look up priests in <laughs> Illinois, it's, it's all abuse, abuse, abuse. Yeah, um... And I can't find any Illinois stats from a cursory keep, look. Keep I mean, in mind, though, that the 690 that's listed by the Attorney General's office, we don't know if these are active priests. They could be right. ones who molested somebody decades ago and they heard about it. They could be dead now. They could be out of the church a long time ago. Right. So even if we had an accurate count of how many priests there are, it doesn't tell us necessarily much yeah. until we know who we're talking about here, which means they just got to continue the investigation. Yeah, I... um. That number really, and I mean, it's alarmingly high, obviously, but it doesn't tell us much without any context. Right. So right. I think the more, I think the more important number is going to be how many victims step forward, yeah. and how many are have been credibly accused and are still active. Yep. I think those are. 
And that's what they did in Pennsylvania. That was so damning where they didn't say the victims' names, though a grand jury heard them. Mm -hmm. They said the priests' names and here's everything they've been accused of and Mm -hmm. here's how the church responded. Like, that's what made it so appalling. It's like, we know how the church handled these people or didn't. I think, um, obviously, it's a big problem in the Catholic church. And yes, the problem is with individuals, but the larger, in any large group of people, you're going to find bad apples, right? Right. This is the whole friggin' orchard. The, yeah, that's that's the thing is it's not just one or two bad actors, it's many bad actors and it's not like they the the Catholic Church, the powers that be saw it and took care of it. Their their cover up, I would argue, is as bad or worse than the individual crimes. Yeah. Um <sighs> so, so yay cool. Illinois. I mean, I uh, it's hard to say I'm glad because obviously this is sad, but it's it's good that this is coming to light. Yeah. This is important work. This is important work to be done. I agree. Um, so while we're on the subject of behaving badly, uh, not abuse, but last year, I think, uh, not last year, earlier this year, uh, we learned about something called Project Blitz, which was like the Christian rights new playbook for how they were going to get Christian legislation through government. Hold on, just just Project just Blitz. just quick quick pause. Yes, really, they went with Blitz. Blitz. They didn't, which has no, no horrible connotations no whatsoever. Historical connotation. None. The reason they called Holy it Blitz. Holy shit! The reason, are you kidding? <laughs> did I react like this is the first time you told me? Probably. <laughs> the reason they called it that is they're like, we're just going to throw a whole bunch no, of I legislation. I understand what a Blitz no, is. No, no, no. They they called it that because they were like, we're just going to swamp every state legislature with these bills Uh they can't stop them all right so okay that's where it's coming from cool guys um and here were the three types of bills that they really focused on when when this became public knowledge this past may they said there were symbolic ones like getting in god we trust everywhere Mm -hmm. like in public schools in courthouses just get the phrase in God we trust up. Mm-hmm. And they did that in a lot of places. Mm-hmm. They also said they wanted to pass pro-Christian bills, such as resolutions that say it's Christian Heritage Week or like the day of the Bible, whatever. It's like, all right. like Cool, guys. Right. And then they had the anti-everybody-else bills that says, you know, Christian business owners should be able to discriminate against gay customers, things like that. Okay. The, you know, the important issues the that important this issues. country is facing. This in is what Christians are focused on. Yeah. So it turns out we now have a copy of Project Blitz 2019. And this is coming from I Frederick. I cannot <laughs> get over that name. Frederick Clarkson, writing for Religion Dispatches. He had the whole update on what the 29 edition of this playbook because it really is a playbook, Mm because it's very military, football-esque. Like, they have a playbook. Warlike. Would you say it's like a lightning war? Like a blitz Would you say that? I would say that. It's now, it was 116 pages. Now it's 148. Cool. And here's what they're focusing on. That's what they always say. When you're done with your second draft, make sure it's much longer than your first draft. Here's what they're... Okay, so they had three specific goals they mentioned. Number one, free speech policies because they want legislation. Fuck that noise. I hate free speech. <laughs> they Is that want what legislation that says public schools can't get in the way of students who want to pray. They don't. They can't already. Yeah, huh? You're right. They don't do that. They can't do that. If students want to pray, like, before a football game, mm-hmm. they can. No one's stopping them. Like, atheist groups are not getting in the way of students who want to pray. The problem is when coaches and teachers and administrators are taking part in it or leading it or anything like that. Okay, so the first one's silly. Stupid. Uh, The next one, stupid. The next one is making sure In God We Trust license plates are available in every state. All right, (sighs) glad to see there. It's By so the way, kids are dying dumb. at the border, but this is what these Christians care God, about. Fucking and the last, clean water, the last one is they want resolutions, quote, favoring sexual intercourse only between a man and a woman. What does that even mean? <laughs> a resolution favoring sexual intercourse? Unquote. Yeah. Favoring sexual intercourse only between... Not like... What does that mean? Does like, that mean want, like... It, if, they, they say it as a public health hazard for gay people to have sex. No. So they want the state to say, hey, sex should only occur between biological men and women because apparently if you don't have missionary-style sex, it's going to hurt you and therefore hurt the public, and they need this codified in the government. That is 
wild. They also said, like, look, we're not saying don't have marriage equality because the Supreme Court ruled on that. But they defo can't have sex. But, yeah, they it's a public wait, health hazard. We wait. spend a lot of money on HIV and AIDS, they said. Really not that That's, much, though. I'm reading from the playbook. <laughs> Okay, here's my question. By the way, don't say you're for public health when you oppose the Affordable Care Act. And damn it, these are the same people. I'm really gonna be stuck on this preferred hetero Mm -hmm. sex. Mm -hmm. What does that mean? Like prefer? Because prefer you said is the word favoring. Favoring. I'm so I'm so sorry, (laughs) Hammond. Now it makes complete. So does that mean if two dudes have sex, they just have to like know in the back of their head like the government isn't crazy about this. That's like, exactly right. They want you to feel not, bad. It's for, not illegal. Yeah. And nobody's going to, I'm not going to get in trouble, but like <laughs> the government isn't wild about this. Yeah. Like the governor's looking through his window and shaking his head at you. Oh, just FYI. Just with a single tear. Yes. Streaming down his face. Uh-huh. What the fuck? Okay. Really, really and truly, what do they think that is going to do? Well, a couple things. One thing is it'll send the message from the government that if you're gay or lesbian or engaging in those acts, there's something wrong with you. Like, they want the world to believe gay people are diseased and dysfunctional. This is uh, what Clarkson mentioned. That they That's the conclusion they want people to draw. Um, and by the way, they then use that argument to say gay people shouldn't be allowed to adopt from like Christian run facilities, even though they get federal money or foster care agencies, even though they get federal money uh, because they want people to think that LGBTQ people are a threat to kids. Okay. Which is, yes, they do think that and they do believe all those dumb things, but what does straight sex being Favor, like it's so they toothless. Assume, and by the way, it's they so assume, toothless even in its language. Yeah, it's not a law. It's just saying we don't like it. But does I anything else exist in that sort of? What I don't get is like they we're codifying ass- morals or something. That's what they want to do, or mores, I guess. What I don't get is they seem to act like all straight sex is all missionary all the time too. It isn't. Apparently not. <laughs> I know. I know. Blowing your mind here. <laughs> What kind of wild world is there, are uh, people living in? Yeah, they, I mean, they seem to think that if straight people have well, sex, and, it's always, I mean, within marriage, it's well, and always just, okay, and it's never anything not missionary. But is it always just, like, for, do they assume all sex is for procreation? Is uh, that it, what the underlying... I believe co- the like, correct way to answer this from their perspective is it should have the possibility of procreation... So I uh, okay. <laughs> the problem is, I really do want to at least understand where they're coming from, even if I don't agree with it. But yeah. this is just so like it's 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 self parody. You know what I mean? Like it, it's that, that accurately describes them. <sighs> what? Can you imagine if Muslims released a similar playbook on what they're going to do in state legislatures? Every mosque in the country would be protested. Uh-huh. They would people would lose their fucking mind. But just and you know what? Kind of, I think we should be losing our fucking mind about this. Like, what are you guys doing? Um, this is what Clarkson said in his article. I mean, just so we're clear on this is not all frivolous. Project Blitz. Are is you the, sure it's not all frivolous, Hemet? The Project Blitz is the religious rights playbook for all state legislatures for years to come. This is what they're basing their push. Like, we always hear about, oh, look, random group of people tried to get in God We Trust in City Hall and put up a sign that says that, or a public school says that, or this legislator passed a bill or proposed a bill saying we should have this sign in every school. It's all coming from this playbook for all statewide legislature. Here's my question. Yeah. So we're starting to ramp up for 2020 elections, right? Sure so we are. So say a, a I don't know who's a friend, an Elizabeth Warren, a, a Beto, or mm-hmm. a Joe Biden, brings this up on a debate stage. What do you think the response would be like from a Republican? Or like, do you think this would be like, hey, Christians, like, fu- hey, right winger, like 
okay, hey left, I think look what the right is actually doing. I threw my pen, I'm so nice upset. Job. I think a lot of Republicans would say these are state issues and I'm going to let states handle them and debate them as they see fit. I'm focused on federal issues, so it won't it won't come <sighs> yeah, up in a presidential right. th- debate. I'm just wondering, like, like, what's that. the biggest platform this can get? Because it's pretty... Well, what's insidious about it is that statewide legislation doesn't get a lot of publicity. It, it doesn't. doesn't get a lot of press. It A lot of this stuff happens under the radar. Mm-hmm. And a lot of the stuff they're pushing, they're like, they know if they tried to pass some of these as laws, you could file a lawsuit over mm-hmm. it. It would get overturned, et cetera. So they're pushing for resolutions and they're pushing for relatively innocuous things, but it has a broader effect sure. of saying the government prefers Christians and straight people and cis people, and that's what they really want to get at. It's this underlying morality that they're trying to pass, even if they're losing at the Supreme Court, maybe not for long, and things like that. Doesn't that just reek of, like, Nazi propaganda of we prefer... Tall blonde people. We prefer. They will be like, the. F- I think they will tell you. We're not saying this isn't racist. This isn't sexist or anything like that. We're saying this is it's God's defo will. Homophobic. Definitely homophobic because that's what Jesus wanted. Uh huh. Famously. Yeah. And that that's their argument that it's it's propaganda, but it's just we're just pushing biblical morality and it's good morality for everybody. Um, and if gay people don't like it, well, then they can, I guess, turn straight or something. Or just be it's celibate for life it just, and save the public health. Doesn't it feel a little bit like like shoveling during a blizzard? Like, they're so far out of their depth in the culture of 2018. And, like, yes, maybe there is still... But they're not out of their depth in those state legislatures, especially a lot of them that are overrun with Republicans. Hmm. And again, resolutions, very rarely have I seen like resolutions like this uh, totally die. Some of them, if they're explicitly crazy, maybe. Mm -hmm. But like the ones that are like Christian Heritage Week, those come and go all the time. It's the day of the Bible, week of the Bible, year of the Bible. I've seen those come and go. And they just kind of get signed because what are you going to do with it? It's one of those (laughs) things that whoever requested it Mm -hmm. makes a big deal out of it. Same thing with Day of Reason, Darwin Day resolutions. They're nice, Mm -hmm. but it doesn't mean anything other than you went through the motions and got the governor to sign this thing that means something to you and literally nobody else. They're nice. But again, when you have this happening all over the country and you have it in an organized and orchestrated fashion, not it sends a message that if you're not one of us. You should be looked down upon. You're doing something wrong. And again, once that is the basis in the culture, it becomes a lot harder to pass laws and get people on your side uh, to overturn discrimination. I don't know. You know Th- this feels very death rattly to me. This feels like the last spasms of... Uh, and, and not to say they won't be successful to some extent and, and they won't... Um, there won't be consequences to this sort of behavior. I'm not saying that. It just feels like a last-ditch effort to... to Because they're dying, you know? Like, literally and figuratively, the Christian right is I dying. I wish I could tell you... I wish I could say I agree with you. I don't know that they are... I, I know the demographics are going in one direction, but the state... The, the elected official demographic is not all going in that direction. Right, but I'm there saying... There's still a hell of a lot of these people think, running the country. But I think it's a matter of time before those people, frankly, fucking die off and yeah, let us live in... Yeah, but it's a long time pe- away. It, it's long in terms of our lifetime. It's not long in terms of the future of right. the United States. I would say, <laughs> look... Assuming if, we get there. <laughs> how do you fight back against this? It's you got to be aware of what your state is doing, who the legislators mm-hmm. are promoting this stuff. Keep an eye on state bills yeah. that are that are being considered yeah. and push back against it. Because most of the time, I mean, if you ask me right now what bills are being considered in Illinois, I haven't looked. I don't right. know. I don't know what the, has been pre-filed already before mm-hmm. the next legislature steps in. But it's already happening. Mm-hmm. People are pre-filing bills left and right mm-hmm. in every state. So it's it's a matter of being vigilant about that. And once this stuff is being considered, raise hell about it. Right. But they're, again, why is it Project Blitz? If they do this everywhere and they do it all the time, you're not going to catch everything. Some of it Fucking will get through. name, though. Like, the name by itself is should be 
just a symbol of how fucking out of step these people are. Like yep. you're calling you're you're calling a culture push blitz. Are you fucking kidding me? Have you have you not have you read a history book? Have you heard of history? Uh, well, clearly they don't care. I mean, again, they they're doing the same thing to gay people now that they did to black people at one time. Right. Recently. Right. And they're like, well, we're not racist anymore. Not explicitly so. Therefore, we're better. It's like, you're the same big... We just talked about this last week with that looking back at our racist history for Southern Baptists. Uh They acknowledge we were racist. It was wrong. Mm -hmm. But it's like, you're using the same kind of bigotry now. You haven't learned a damn thing. Right. So, no, they haven't learned anything. It's the same stuff. Um, Here's another one. I know you want to talk about this, too. There was a young man who, who died of suicide mm-hmm. uh, relatively recently. And earlier this month, they held a funeral. The, the child's... Uh, the, the parents are Jeff Hulabarger. His wife is Linda Hulabarger. Their teenage son died of suicide. Mm-hmm. And the story is... And their son is named Mason. A great student, great athlete. I don't know why he took his own life. I don't think we ever know in some cases why right. they did it. Mm-hmm. But he did. And... At his funeral, um, a Catholic priest, Don LaQuesta, was speaking at the funeral. It was held at a church, I, yeah, I believe. Mm-hmm. And this priest spent a lot of time talking about how he's probably not going to heaven because he died of suicide and God doesn't like suicide. And therefore, this kid may end up in hell. And I don't know if he repented in the eyes of God. And I'm quoting from an article about it. He basically called our son a sinner. Mm-hmm. And the parents are looking at each other. What is he doing? We didn't ask for this. And they eventually had to tell him to stop. No, apparently the father, like, quote, after the first few times he said the word suicide, I approached the pulpit and told him, I whispered in his ear, Father, please stop. It didn't mm-hmm. work. He didn't miss a beat. He kept going. He said that word another handful of times. It made the worst day of our, li- the worst day of our lives much worse. Yeah. Um, I've got some quotes from LaQuesta. Um, God for, God can forgive <clears throat> even the taking of one's own life. In fact, God awaits us with his mercy, with ever up in arms. Yes, because of his mercy, God can forgive suicide and heal what has been broken. We must not call what is bad good, what is wrong right. Because we are Christians, we must say what we know is the truth, that taking your own life is against God who made us and is against everyone who loves us. Our lives are not our own. They're not ours to do with as we please. God gave us life. We are to be good stewards of that gift for as long as God permits. Like, that's... It's not so veiled, just y- your son did something awful, you bad parents. The finality of suicide makes us all wor- worse. Now you have to work through this pain by yourselves or with those close to you now who will need to lean on you even as you lean on them. Like, it's so... It's awful. It is really fucking Um, rough stuff. Another priest who is not related to to that guy basically called this homily a, quote, pastoral disaster. Um, I believe, correct me if I'm wrong, they, they removed this guy from doing funerals for the time being, Yeah. at least. Um... For the foreseeable future, he won't be preaching at funerals. And, um, quote, he will have all other homilies reviewed by a priest mentor. Um, he's agreed to pursue assistance that he needs in order to become a more effective minister in these difficult situations. But seriously, this is one of those things they, they tell you in, like, medical school, too, which is, like, you can't teach someone good bedside manner. Mm, you mm-hmm. ju- if you're not a good person or you're not a people person, right. you're not going to get better at it. You just got to learn to, like, stop being a dick yeah, when you're talking to people. It's rough. And it's the same thing. Like, I don't know what training this guy is going to do if he's going in thinking, well, it's suicide. I know what I have to say about that. It's and so okay, let wild. me let me offer a different perspective on this, which is what else should he have said? Because according to the catechism of the Catholic Church, this is their rule book mm-hmm. that the priests abide by. Here's what it says. Um, in terms of life, we are stewards, not owners of the life God has entrusted to us. It is not ours to dispose of. I just read that. I feel like you don't listen to me when I talk. (laughs) Well, I'm sorry. That came from the catechism. That wasn't what the guy was saying, though. He didn't read that. No, this is what it says. He also said we must not call his bad good. Our lives are not our own. They're not ours to do with as we please. God gave us life. He's quoting the catechism of the Catholic Church. Uh, Other things it says in the catechism, suicide is contrary to love for the living God. Mm -hmm. 
blah, blah, blah. And by the way, as uh, this is what the catechism also says, if you have a psychological disturbance, anguish, suffering, torture, whatever, Mm -hmm. if there's something leading you to suicide, um, it, they kind of uh, give you an out here. It, the church says those things can diminish the responsibility of okay. the one committing suicide. It doesn't say if you're suffering from mental illness, like we're not going to be mad at you about the suicide. It says, eh, we'll lessen the blow, but you're still kind of responsible. Like they add insult to injury by saying, I don't care what's going on in your life or what's wrong with your, what illness you're suffering. Right. You're still kind of to blame and God doesn't like you if you do this. As much. So here's the question. This is what the church teaches. We can totally criticize what the church teaches, but people are getting mad at the priest as if he was wrong to read the Catholic church rule book. And I don't know that the priest is the problem here. The problem is the church. The priest is just telling you what the church teaches. Like, yeah, he didn't have to be a dick about it. But again, he's just like, I'm reading the rule book and everyone's getting mad at him for telling us what the church teaches. Yeah, but okay. So who's to blame here? Okay, okay, listen, I feel like you're trying to bait me with this. I have no other bait here. I I don't know where I'm going with this. That's the end of the line for me. Because, because, okay, if I... um, if I died in a car accident and I wasn't wearing my seatbelt, yeah. the law says I should have been wearing my seatbelt, but nobody's going to stand up at the fuck at like my funeral and be like, well, I don't know what she expected. She was not <laughs> wearing a seatbelt. Like we all know we're like, you wouldn't turn it into well, a, I wouldn't, I wouldn't go to the law because again, that's, but if you're in a church and in like a government, like if you're, it's not like you're inviting the government official who wrote the okay, law fine, to speak fine, at your fine, funeral. Fine, fine, fine. Um, my mom always told me not to, uh, not to run in public or yeah, not to yeah, like yeah. go, not to jog in public where people could murder me. <laughs> Hypothetically, she did not say but that. But if you got murdered, if I got murdered, she would not stand up there and be like, "It is a Bloomkey family tradition not to run in public. We run see, in gyms where it's safe." She wouldn't say that, I even if like- it was a hundred percent my <laughs> fault. Even if I like was running around like, tr- I don't know, I don't know what's an example of a thing that would get me murdered. But like, even if I was literally asking for it. My mom wouldn't stand up at my funeral and be like, well, I fucking told her. Like, See, what? I feel like my parents would totally do that Okay, for me. <laughs> okay, maybe it's we need Indian to talk thing. about your family We then. could talk about it. Um, they would totally get in one last I told you so. <laughs> and also, and I've been to a Catholic funeral where the, my friend who died died of suicide. And they did not do this even the tiniest bit. It was because they chose not to look at Catholic teaching. They chose to ignore the teaching and just focus on something else. No, 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 no. To say they ignored Catholic teaching, I think is overstating it because if you don't read, if you're at a funeral and you don't read every single piece of Christian scripture, you're not ignoring Christian teaching. Are you? Um, no, you're not ignoring it if you're not mentioning it. Right? I don't know if it's right. No, it's right. You need to give this to me. No, no, no. I, I think, think ignoring I think it entirely, was way I think it's entirely it. possible to be a Catholic priest and give a eulogy that focuses on his life while still in the back of your head thinking whatever it is you're thinking. Maybe they were thinking that. You don't need to say everything you think out loud. That's right. And this guy chose to keep the silent part like out loud. Exactly. To say that stuff out loud. Yes, that's the mistake this guy made. But underlying all of this, the reason he thinks these horrible things yes. is because it's what the church no, of teaches. Course. And you're not wrong about that. If you're a Catholic, that. you're signing on to this shit. No, I know. And I'm not saying you're wrong. I keep throwing my pen. I'm not saying you're wrong <laughs> about that. I just think you're being like kind of willfully obtuse about what it means to be a priest. And being a priest isn't standing in front of your pulpit and like just reading everything straight out of the Bible. It's about crafting a message. And whether or not I agree with that is notwithstanding. The that's point a fair is. Point. And again, every Catholic priest who they quoted in any article about this made it very clear, like, if I were in that position, 
I would have talked about the good he contributed to the world. Obviously, the stuff you expect them to say. This guy said something awful. Um, Let's say the timing was off. Let's put it set aside the funeral and stuff. I still think the reason he said all this stuff is because it's what the church says about suicide. And you're right. That's exactly what the church says. Yeah. But so be mad at the church too, yes. and be mad at the priest okay. for being a dick about it. I have plenty of space in my heart to be angry <laughs> at everyone. Don't worry. Thank you. Uh, <sighs> let me move on to a different thing. This is back in Illinois. So here's the story that I remember covering back in May. There was a student in West Prairie High School. I don't even know where it is. Not part of the Chicago area or sub- West surrounding Prairie suburbs. High School. That sounds like it's around here. Uh, but anyway. This kid was a valedictorian in May. He was giving the valedictorian speech at his public high school's graduation. And the speech he wanted to give, because he had to turn in a draft to his administrators days Uh before the graduation, uh, included a whole passage basically telling everyone to accept Jesus into their lives. Cool. Really Um, good timing. Very good timing. I mean, he has a captive audience, so why not (laughs) preach to them? The school said, you need to remove those references. And to the kid's credit, um, his name is Sam Blackledge. To his credit, he didn't say the Jesus stuff. He he listened to his administrators. He said the rest of the speech. Oh, this is like Western Illinois, like Macomb. Okay, so really far west west side of Illinois. Um, So he didn't deliver the sermon, but okay, fine. Um, After all of that went down... Did you call it a sermon on purpose, or did you mean to call it a speech? Speech slash sermon. Okay. But after all this went down, there's a conservative legal group called First Liberty Institute. They're, they're kind of the opposite of FFRF, uh-huh. except, you know, they get everything wrong. Um, That's what They basically is. told the school, you need to change your policy because you basically censored this kid illegally. It wasn't illegal. The school did exactly what they were supposed to do. Here's the problem. This week, the school basically announced that they have a new policy here. Um, I'm going to read you what it says. The policy states, students who speak at school assemblies or ceremonies or graduations are responsible for the content and delivery of their speeches. It also states, building principals cannot prohibit or delete portions of a student's speech unless it affects school operations or the rights of other students Mm -hmm. or is obscene, infringes on copyrights, promotes drug use or other illegal activity. Which is a long way of saying... If this guy wanted to preach about Jesus, you as the principal cannot stop him from preaching about Jesus. But then here's, they actually, let me just, here's something about graduation speeches. If if the policy said, you know what, they don't have to submit the speech ahead of time, uh-huh. the students just get to talk. And if you let valedictorians or a class president or whatever talk uh, and you're not looking at their speeches then, okay, the school is not responsible for what the kid says. And realistically, once he's up there... What are you going to do? Yeah. Uh, And that's true. And that's how some districts have gotten around this, where they're like, you know what? We're just not going to vet your speech anymore. So if you end up leading the whole graduation in prayer, Mm -hmm. that's on you. That's not on us. And no one can sue us about it. Right. And that's a way they've gotten around the issue. And in some very religious communities... That's probably the strategic thing to do to say, well, we don't vet speeches, so if they include a prayer, what do you want us to do about it? And they're kind of right. We can't do anything about it. The problem is, you know some kids are going to take advantage of that. Right. Because what happens when you get a kid who's not a Christian, who leads the crowd in prayer? Right. Or an atheist who wants to say something that might be controversial or something. Okay, so here's the thing. They added to the policy, though. They didn't just say, we're not going to vet the speeches. They said... Student speakers must submit a draft at least two school days before the speech is delivered. The principal can make editorial suggestions, which to me makes mm. the whole problem worse because they're saying, hey, administrators, off on you're going to get a copy of this 48 hours in advance. But if it includes the preaching, like you can't stop it. Which is a way of saying, hey, it's not just the kid who's responsible for praying. Now the administrator, therefore the entire district, is on the hook for saying they sanctioned like a sermon at graduation. Sure. To me, this opens them up to a lawsuit. It doesn't prevent one. Right. And the policy they had in the past where the kid submitted the speech and the school said, you can't say these things. Mm-hmm. And then the kid didn't say it. That's the right way to handle it. They were right before, but then this conservative group got involved, and now they're open up to a lawsuit. Interesting. So it's stupid. I actually, I ran that by uh, an FFRF, Freedom From Religion Foundation attorney. I'm like, am I right? Uh, Like, is that the right assessment here? 
And he basically said, yeah, that's pretty much what's going to happen. And he said that the strategy this school board adopted is, quote, remarkably short-sighted. Yeah. Which is totally right. I think they think they've solved their problem. Mm -hmm. But honestly, if the same situation happens again, now they could get sued for it. Because right. now and you're allowing a, a sermon to go on. And the interesting thing is, like, for me, in my understanding of, like, how laws surrounding separation of church and state work, if a kid's valedictorian and he wants to get up there and, like, talk about Jesus, that's his his or her right He could have done it right if their policy do. said, we're not vetting your speech ahead yeah, of time. Yeah, the same way if I if I wanted to talk about my atheism or somebody wanted to talk right. about their Muslim, like, that, fine. Like, you're a student. You're not, you're not speaking on behalf of the staff of your school, nor, like, you're speaking on behalf of yourself, and I think that's clearly understood. Yeah. Right? And one of the attorneys for or First Liberty... Or is he speaking on behalf of the student body, and that makes it tricky? Well, he was speaking on behalf of himself, but if the right. school has a copy of his speech, now it's the school on the hook 242. No, the no, First no, yeah. Liberty attorney actually said... In, in support of the new policy, when students are given control over their remarks, it is unlawful for a school district to say, you can have this viewpoint, but not that viewpoint. But the problem with that statement is students don't have control over their remarks, even under the new policy. The administrators right. have to sign off on it. Therefore, it is school speech. Yeah. So if this kid wanted to preach again, and the school district said, no, First Liberty saying... Well, then we're going to sue you about it yeah, over it. Yeah, it's a little snake eating its own tail, isn't it? But like they, the they, new policy they got it right, and then they circled all the way back around to fucking themselves This over. is why you don't listen to conservative legal groups, because yeah. they don't know the law. They don't care about the law. They're right. interested in promoting Christianity, right. and they lose every time. Right. So it's just dumb on their end. Do you want a happier story? Sure. Okay. Wait for it. Okay, I'll just be here. I was so excited to share this. Oh. Okay, so there's a gospel single uh, singer, Tamala Mann, and her husband, David Mann, and they just produced an album for Christians to play while they're having sex. Okay, I did hear about this. What are they doing? They want you to enjoy intimacy without tasteless lyrics, because when you're having sex, the last thing you want to hear is someone singing about sex. I, so, I was really hoping you were going to quote some raunchy song, and I was just living for that oh, moment. I was looking for lyrics. They don't have any. They basically are not <sighs> talking about anything sexy. What is it? It's music. Like, it's about love and making so wait, love. So wait, what? What? Wait. Yeah. What? 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 <laughs> what delineates... A general love song from from a Christian person versus like a fucking love song. Um, I think here's what they quoted. Uh, the singer's husband joked that people are probably listening to R. Kelly or Ron Isley when trying to get romantic. Who the fuck is Ron Isley? <sighs> Old school, maybe. I'm going to look it up. But really, also, if you're playing R. Kelly, R. Kelly you got guys. other issues. Um, here's the best quote. Ron Isley? R- Ron Isley. Uh, the other, we wanted to make music that People can have those intimate moments with and not listen and be like, girl, let me slap you, no. bump you, pop no. you, all no, of that No, I'm extremely stuff. uncomfortable. I want to be very clear about that. I hate this. <laughs> Are you uncomfortable with me reading that? Yes, <laughs> so uncomfortable. Do you notice how I made eye contact with you in 30 seconds? Yes. Um, by the way, just to be clear, even if you're like a married Christian couple who's been together for a long time, it is entirely possible you still want to, like, slap, bump, and pop. Stop it. You're welcome. Literally never do that. Um, not everyone just wants to, like, make sweet, sweet love all the time. I'm just saying. That's not how it works, and I don't get why they don't seem to realize that. Um, okay, I'm reading through Ron Isley's discography, and I have no idea who this, this cat is. It's because you're white. I mean, honestly, maybe <laughs> Um, he was on an R. Kelly uh, album. Maybe these people only know who R. Kelly is. <laughs> By the way, when the when they quoted it, they put a dash between R and Kelly, which I found cool. amusing. Cool, cool guys. That is totally <laughs> really the get right it. dramatical approach to it. <laughs> <laughs> oh god! But somebody like, buy me the CD. Every time there's like a TV show, there's always a shitty Christian version of the TV show, Christ. and every time there's a band, there's like the shitty Christian boy band. Uh-huh. And like God's not dead, is a whatever. It, there's all the shitty Christian versions right. of everything cool, and they found a way to do it with sex. Is music. there a law like you know the 
the one law about like whatever exists, there's a porn version of it yeah, or like our rule 40, rule, whatever yeah. it was. I feel like there has to be a rule like whatever that no matter what piece of pop culture exists, there's a worse Christian version of it, it or a worse like wholesome. Yeah. I think version. it's just called evangelical Christianity. <laughs> just the, the low class That's, version of whatever everyone actually likes it makes me so, i'm so deeply uncomfortable right now i hate this actually <laughs> that's why actually, i brought can, this story actually can to we move you. on we can move on thank you here is here's a totally that. unrelated story but it involves priests um <laughs> so therefore it had something cool. to do with i don't know um gallup asks every year which profession is the most honest and ethical and pretty oh. much every year down the line, do you know what the number one most honest, most honest ethical profession? Ethical profession. Or people rate it as honest and ethical. Is it like a clergy member? No. No. Is we'll it get a, to that. is it like a doctor? You are close. Doctor's number two with sixty seven percent ranking one? them oh, a higher, very high. Teachers are in fourth. Only sixty percent think they're honest and ethical. I'm in love with this game. I know. Um, it's the worst family feud. Go on. <laughs> Keep going. Most boring one, Keep going. for sure. Um, funeral directors, 39%. Really? Mm -hmm. I thought funeral directors were kind of famously... Corrupt or something, yeah, trying to like, sell you yeah. stuff in your time okay, of Okay, wait, what would number yeah. one be? Um, More people dislike them than... than oh, okay. Like them, but then, okay, you're really interrupting my train sorry, of thought. Can go. I have some moment of silence on this podcast? Jesus. So I can think about what what's the number one? Who is ethical? So it wouldn't be a politician, but it would probably be somebody... It's totally not politician. Yeah, I know. I'm thinking through it, so I'm not... Members so there's of not Congress, fucking dead air member, on this yeah, podcast. Members of Congress, lowest on the list yeah. with 8%. DeJoy. Yeah. Okay. Um, fuck. <laughs> So, so not like a preschool teacher or You're like a nanny. You're not gonna like the answer because you said doctor. Yeah. The answer is nurses, in the oh, same same okay. realm. Yeah. Nurses okay. win. Sure. Clergy is at thirty seven percent. Thirty seven percent said place. No, thirty seven percent say clergy <laughs> are honest or ethical. Uh -huh. It's the lowest number in Gallup's history for clergy. <laughs> I wonder. Why. I I know, right? Why, why is that? They that were be? at uh fifty percent as recently as twenty twelve. But okay. it has clearly gone down since then. You said then. to 37? 37%. Wow. The highest ever was 67%. That was in 1985. And But yeah, when you have the sex abuse scandals sure. or child rape scandals in the Catholic Church, you have everything affiliated with Donald Trump and the evangelical mm -hmm. right. It's like, yeah, religious leaders can't really be trusted to yeah. be honest or ethical or anything. And I imagine it's only going to go down. Just um, Can you check on there where do atheist podcasters fall? Uh, we are somewhere below car salesmen, telemarketers, oh, cool. uh, ad reps, lawyers. Okay. Yeah, I was going to say, lawyers can't be doing yeah. great. Though it is kind of sad to see that just below clergy uh -huh. is journalists. Oh, no! Ouch. Oh, Man. journalists. Sorry, yeah. guys. <laughs> but the question, here's what I'm dying to, to, I wish I could know the answer to this. 37% uh -huh. is the lowest clergy have ever received in terms of high and super, and like very high uh -huh. rankings. How low does that, where does, where do they bottom out? Well, how many, uh, I would say... Because way more it, people than this are religious. Well, yeah, but how many people... I'm probably, I guess more people than that go to... I was going to say it would probably be the number of people who attend church regularly. I think it's way higher than 37%, though. I'm, maybe not regularly. There, I don't know what the number is that attend regularly, but... But yeah, you're like right. That is, that is shockingly low. It is. It's so, so low. And I wonder... Okay, here's my question. So, oh, by the way, also interesting is the people who said they trust clergy at a very high level uh -huh. is only 8%. The rest of that 37% came from people who just ranked them high, like huh. the second one on the list. So here's my question. I wonder if it is like, um, I heard a statistic and I'm kind of pulling it out of my ass, but even though uh, Congress has, as a whole, a really low approval rating. People tend to like their congressperson. That's very true. So right. I wonder if it's a similar thing. Well, like, I like my priest. I like my pastor. But them, as a chunk, are not to be trusted. Yeah. That would be my guess. That's probably very true. I like my church. I like my pastor. Right. I like my priest. They it's don't the rest of them that give us yeah. a bad name, mm -hmm. obviously. But when everyone says that, yeah. it's a problem. So... Yeah, there you go. Um, I've got something. Please. Um, so there is uh, the First Presbyterian Church of Miami. It's the oldest organized congregation in the city. 
Um, and it just got hit with a $7.1 million tax bill from the Miami-Dade property appraiser. A church appraiser. got taxed. Uh-huh. Like hardcore. Yeah. So um, because this... Okay, so essentially, I'm sure... Oh, people who aren't American... Do you want to explain why churches don't get taxed? Yeah, I mean, the way, same they reason they don't get taxed is the same reason nonprofits don't get taxed in general. You're providing a service to people. Mm-hmm. The reward for that is we won't tax you. Right. Um, the problem, obviously, is when some of these nonprofits, including churches, want to play politics. That's the whole Johnson Amendment issue we've talked about many times. Mm-hmm. And in this church's particular case, the reason they were taxed is because basically the the Miami-Dade property appraiser in Florida Mm -hmm. said, you're not doing nonprofit work. Exactly. And so a lot of these, when we talk about church and taxes, taxing churches, whoof, when we talk about taxing churches, it often comes, like, what I have in mind generally is property tax, right? Like, the ground that you're sitting on is being used, you know, it's it's a portion of the city or the state or whatever and and should be taxed, just like we all pay a tax on our property. So especially when we're, for me, the killer is always um, on the Magnificent Mile in Chicago, mm-hmm. um, on kind of like the the north northwest end. There's like a huge church right on the Magnificent yes, Mile. I, I, don't, I can't that. think of it. I've walked by it a gajillion times. I, yeah, and I, all I can think about is like this is the, some of the most expensive real estate in the country, yeah. and like these people. Anyway, and they're not paying and taxes they're not paying then. taxes yeah. on it. Anyway, all that's to say. So um, this this property appraiser claims that the church has leased a portion of church grounds for a for-profit school and food trucks, which violates its religious exemption, exemption status. So, like, they're straight up and down making money. It's not like they are... It's not like they're not playing by the rules in terms of they're trying to get into politics. They are, like... They're a for... This is a profit center, which for a nonprofit strikes a problem. And by the way, uh, the Florida law in question says that, look, the only things you're allowed to say are nonprofit are the parts of your property you're actually using for nonprofit mm-hmm. work. So if you're letting a for-profit school or you're letting a food truck take over a part of your space, right. you don't get credit for that part of the space. Right. That's what they were taxed on. You're making money off it, thereby... Mm-hmm. You're no longer a nonprofit. That's what profit means. Right. And of course, guess what, guess what the church's response for all this is? Was it, what? Us? Me? <laughs> but Jesus, though. It's re- They're saying, nope, this is religious discrimination. Sure. They're saying the state's basically <laughs> acting in a, quote, arbitrary, capricious, discriminatory manner. Mm-hmm. Florida and has a history of that. <laughs> they just want, they're like, we didn't do anything wrong. And by the way, the a lawyer who has actually represented a lot of religious buildings, churches, mosques, synagogues. Mm -hmm. He spoke to the Miami Herald, and he basically said, this isn't religious discrimination. Quote, to me, it sounds like you've got a church that is leasing out a school. Mm -hmm. They're making money and not paying what they owe. And by the way, the whole church property is assessed at $66 million. Mm -hmm. The fact that this little section of it is being taxed for the right reasons, that is not a big yeah. It's not a big deal. Yeah, and Zemel, the guy who you just quoted, he called that um it's the ultimate nightmare scenario, which I think is amazing. And he specifically said it's not religious discrimination because the county isn't asking acting in a mean or arbitrary way. Like Right. They're he, doing what they're supposed to right. be doing. Right. And again, uh that's a different issue. Usually when we talk about churches when why they should be taxed, it's because they're promoting political candidates and right. telling you how to vote and that violates the rules of nonprofits mm-hmm. that the government sets. This is a totally different one where they're like they're just giving space to a money making business and right. then trying to say, oh, don't tax us for that. It's so transparent. So, yeah. So good. It's cool. nice to see a church actually have to pay for something. Yeah. It's and hopefully it sets some kind of ball rolling. That would be that would yeah. be nice to see. If not if nothing else just to keep make church churches are staying honest like if if we still keep one not church not tax churches which i don't necessarily think is the best way to run our country well it wouldn't be it would be taxing all non-profits and that would be a mistake for non-profits everywhere but yeah so let's make sure people are playing by the rules is all i think i don't think we say this often nice work florida (laughs) they're gonna hang their hat on this one for (laughs) a while yeah I'm, um, I'm good. That's I'm enough. I'm good for this too. Week. We have listener mail, though. Do we? 
We Go do. Um, so this is from Mark C. Um, a bunch of years ago, you put out a post asking what podcasts people listening listen to. I assume that was you because I assume I, I did up, this a I long time ago. Um, as I've been splitting and stacking and hauling a lot of firewood lately, which by the way, I used to do that when I lived in Montana. It's the best fucking workout and it's so cathartic. I don't understand your people. Chopping, chopping wood? Like, you know what an axe is? God damn it. Mm-hmm. Um, I've been running out of podcasts. Would love recommendations from you and Jessica. Oh, he wrote this to you. From you and Jessica and your contributors and readers. So so which podcasts? And I'm assuming let's stick to atheist ones. Oh, God damn it, Hammond. That takes away all of my fun. I, I know. <laughs> um, which atheist podcast do people listen to? I, I saw the email and I'm like, I don't know what I would have even recommend. Not because there are none, but because there's a whole bunch of them. And I don't think like... Here's the list of three that are better than all the other ones. Right. I mean, I really think it just comes down to like what sort of is the kind of thing you want to listen to. Yeah. So like Godless Bitches is always something I would I would recommend. Because um, I mean, some shows do kind of what we do, which is a a sort of look at current events in the news in you know, in the lens of we do atheism, Godless Bitches is more, I guess we're atheist feminism, LGBTQ rights. They do a similar thing, but a little more feminism and we're a little more religious. Um, I mean, you always have to recommend The Thinking Atheist, right? Like, Seth Andrews, that was one of the first um, podcasts I listened to. I was really... St- um, I actually have... They're not specifically atheist related, but I'm going to sneak them in anyway because yes. they're they're in the neighborhood. Um, I've been listening to a podcast called uh, Criminal. Um, Phoebe Judge hosts it. And essentially, it's they're generally between 20 minutes and a half hour and it's it take it just explores one example of crime. Um, and it's all kinds of different things. And the one I listened to one today, um, it's episode 70. It's called The Procedure. And it was fascinating. It was about how um, members of the Catholic Church helped run an underground abortion ring, I guess isn't the word, but abortion network is the word I was looking for, um, in the 70s and how many people they helped and how good a job they did. And it's it was incredible. I literally just was listening to it today, so I'd recommend that. Um, also, another one that I think is similar to, not similar, but uh, but people would find interesting who like this podcast is the dollop, which I've definitely recommended before. Um, one of their first episodes, either their first or second is, um, about purity culture or purity balls specifically. Um, and it's all just weird little chunks of American history. And they do a few that are pretty locked into religious shit that fucked up other things in, in American history. It's really good. It can be hella depressing. He's gotten into a lot of things. Like he did one they did one on Wells Fargo. That was hard to listen to. They just did one last week, I think, on the family that owns Fiji water. And hey, guess what? They're fucking monsters. They're very, very, very bad people. Um, so anyway, I would recommend those. Do you have anything else? I was going to say, I don't really listen to atheist ones because I feel like I do it for a living. So it's like, I don't, I don't need more atheism when I'm driving. Yeah. So I mean, the stuff I listen to is unrelated yeah, to all of that. For me, I don't like to listen to too many other atheist podcasts because I'm afraid they're too, I, I don't want to like step on their toes and I would rather just not know what they're doing. <laughs> I'm the opposite. I will totally want to know what everyone else is doing. <laughs> I just don't really listen to them. Sure. So I'm not the person to ask for it. Yeah. I mean, I guess if you're interested in the politics of like when we discuss politics, Pod Save America is my favorite new podcast of the, it's new to me, not new to the world. Um, and it's helped me understand the ins and outs of politics in a way that I never bothered to learn before. So, um, I'd recommend that. Um, so if you um, have suggestions, yeah, uh, Mark would love your suggestions. Why don't you comment somewhere? Uh, yeah, when we <laughs> post it or or send them to us and we'll compile a list and we'll put it up yeah. with the next episode or something, too. Yep. Um, I guess that's it. How many, what are you uh, what are you up to? It's Christmas um, next it's week. It's Christmas next week. So I'm staying at home. It's yeah. all good. It's a it's nice timing for us. We don't have to miss anything. I know. No, oh, yeah, I know what we can talk about. So I think we're presently recording episode 249. We are. Which means our next episode is 250. Congrats. Which is, congrats to Yay, us. Yay, that's the thing. Yay. That's a lot of podcasts. It We've is. missed zero weeks ever. We have missed zero Which weeks. is almost unheard of. <laughs> like, that is, I can't, I, I don't know how we did it, but we did somehow. 
Um, so also next week is our last podcast of the year. Which means... Which means 2018 shit year in review. And so me and my friend Kate are going to sit down and we're going to compile everything that happened over the year, the good, the bad, and Hammett and I are going to drink wine and talk about the I'm year. I'm not doing any research for that one. Yeah, um, that's no pressure. That's fine. <laughs> um, but yeah, you uh, you doing anything for, for Christmas? Do you, you celebrate Christmas, right? Sure, yeah. I'm home. I'm, we're just not going anywhere. We traveled like to visit family recently. Mm-hmm. We're just kind of chilling out this time. Yeah. Good. I've got my husband's entire family coming over to my house tomorrow. Have fun with that. Can't you see how clean it is, Hammett? I'm super ready for this. <laughs> um, yeah, hosting my folks on Christmas Eve. Um, hey, I hope everybody um, has a nice holiday week. I know the holidays can be really rough for a whole lot of people. So whether you have family who you don't get along with um, or don't go anywhere, do anything. Um, we're, we're thinking of you and we thank you for, for being part of our little, uh, little community. Holidays can be really rough for a lot of people. So just, I agree um, yeah, I know a lot of people I know are dreading it. So like, you're not alone. Reach out to other people. Yeah. Be good. Right. Yeah. We'll uh, wait, 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 what? wait, where can I find you on Twitter? Where can I find you on Twitter? Right. I'm at, we have like all the shit we do after every, every episode. I'm at Friendly Atheist Podcast. Patreon is uh, Friendly Atheist. Patreon.com slash Friendly Atheist Podcast. You're, the wheels are coming off, I huh? Know, um, they, they you can really find are. me on Twitter at Blueberry, B L U E B U R A E, on Twitter. Um, again, I'll be in LA, uh, LA, I said that in the weirdest possible way, January 8th, 6 30 p.m. ETA in Highland Park. Um, shoot me a tweet if you're going to come so I know if I should expect anybody or if it's just going to be me and my friend getting a drink, <laughs> which is fine. Um, and Merry Christmas, and we'll talk to you guys next week. Bye. Bye.